0: on that fateful day the nazis invaded the netherlands without warning or the slightest provocation they unleashed upon their innocent neighbor the full terror and fury of a devastating blitzkrieg
1: 80 years ago this month in may of 1942 the nazis forced all jewish people in the netherlands to wear the yellow star on their clothes these pieces of cloth were shaped like the star of david and shortly after the nazis started deporting the jews to their deaths By war's end, about 75% of the Netherlands Jews had been murdered. Now, the Netherlands Institute for War, Holocaust, and Genocide Studies in Amsterdam is trying to identify what happened to the Jewish people pictured in their vast collection of black and white photos from the war, The project is called Behind the Stir, and the researchers are hoping people in Canada, where many Dutch survivors moved after the war, can look through the photos on the archives' website and help put names and stories to the faces behind the stars, to help create a fuller picture of the fate of the Jewish community in the Netherlands, whether they survived the Holocaust or mostly whether they didn't.
2: The photographs are of ordinary people um, who were um, living their lives and some of them photographed at their weddings and showing their families attending Um, school photographs. So quite a number of them of children um, wearing yellow
1: stars. So that's always uh, so disturbing to see. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, May the 11th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The Nazis invaded the Netherlands on May 10th of 1940, and by the time the war was over in that country, more than 100,000 Jews had been deported and killed, including Anne Frank. Coming up, we'll speak to the researchers at the Netherlands Institute for War, Holocaust and Genocide in Amsterdam about why they're using crowdsourcing to find out who the people are in their photo collection, and why the timing of their Yoden star project is so important, as modern right-wing groups such as anti-vaxxers and truckers have begun claiming the Jewish yellow stars for their own causes. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now.
3: I'm Francesca Stevens from Smitten Events in Vancouver, Canada, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like.
1: A Canadian wrestler has won a silver medal in the Pan Am Championships in Mexico. Sam Barmish is 26, he's from Montreal, And he won three out of his four matches last weekend at the event in Acapulco. He lost to the best American freestyle wrestler in the world, Jordan Burroughs, who's a five-time Olympic and world champion. Barmish trains at the Jewish Y in Montreal. He's currently ranked 11th in the world. He's on the Canadian men's wrestling team and he hopes to make it to the Summer Olympics in 2024. And now
0: stay tuned for this important message. From award-winning journalist Marsha Lederman comes Kiss the Red Stairs, a compelling memoir of Holocaust survival, intergenerational trauma, divorce, and discovery that will guide readers through several lifetimes of monumental change. Marcia was five when a simple question led to a horrifying answer. She asked her mother why she didn't have any grandparents. Her mother told her the truth, the Holocaust. Decades later, her parents dead and herself a mother to a young son, Marcia begins to wonder how much history has shaped her own life. Reeling in the wake of a divorce, she craves her parents' help. But in their absence, she is gripped by a need to understand the trauma they suffered, and she begins her own journey into the past to tell her family stories of loss and resilience. Kiss the Red Stairs. Available now wherever books are sold. (laughs)
1: And joining me now is the team behind the yoden Star Project. The director is Kylie Thomas, and she's Zooming in from Florence, Italy. And Anna-Marie von Dyck is in Groningen. Tell us about the project and and how, how it came to be. Anyone can start.
2: Thanks. So, yeah, the project is called Behind the Star, and this project focuses on a small selection of images um, from the NIOD Weltbank, which means image bank, World War II image bank. Um, And that is a large collection of photographs that can be viewed online. Um, And the small selection of images that we're focusing on are photographs of Jewish people from the Netherlands or in the Netherlands at the time of the Second World War who are shown uh, wearing a yellow star sewn onto their clothing. And our project aims to identify who the people are, as well as the stories behind the
1: stars. Or where did the Jewish photos come from?
2: Uh, Certainly, some of the images come from family members, but some of the images were also taken by perpetrators. So there are photographs taken um, during the time of the Second World War of people being rounded up um, to be deported. So quite a number of the images in the Yellow Star Project um, are photographs of people waiting uh, to to be taken away to Westerbork and, and then onwards to Auschwitz or to other camps,
1: yeah. What are the, the ones that sit with you still today that that hit you the hardest or or that are the most uh, impactful on you?
3: Well, there's yeah, there's a lot. Um, also, a lot of different ways that hit in a dif- that hit my myself in a different way. But there's one I remember of uh, of a promotion, a university promotion. And um, everybody being, promote, uh, being promoted is, uh, is wearing the yellow star. And that's like really strange because it's a scene you still see today in the, in the university world, but then again with the yellow star. And also weddings, wedding photos, where all the guests are having, ha- having a nice dinner together, but everyone's still with the star. It's, I think for me personally, like the the normal regular situations in which people are still forced uh, to wear the star and to be stigmatized. That's what hits me the hardest.
1: Nobody in those pictures is alive today.
3: No, actually we also received a comment from a woman who recognized herself in a photo of her old school. So um, yeah, so we interviewed her and uh, we made a video that will soon be up on our website. But yeah, that was really interesting. I'm not sure if that's gonna happen again because it's pretty rare these days,
1: but that was really special. So how did she survive and where was she, where was she from? Tell some more details.
3: Uh, she, it was a photo from the Jewish school in Utrecht. Uh, so in the Netherlands, uh, after 1942, the, uh, the Jewish people had to, uh, were banned from the regular schools and they had to go form Jewish schools. So this was one of those Jewish schools. And she told me about how uh, every day there was like a one one person less in the class and you just, you didn't ask, you didn't uh, know where they were, but you also didn't ask. And that was really painful to hear obviously. And her own story, um, she was deported to Bergen-Belsen, but she survived, but she got really sick with tuberculosis. And after the war, she had to spend three years in a hospital. Uh, but finally she got better and she's still, she's still uh, very much alive today and also very sharp. She could tell me the identity of all the people in the, in the photo and also what happened to all of them behind the war, uh, of after the war and she's in the Netherlands. Yeah.
1: Now, what about anything with Canadian links? Have you ever got some pictures that have Canadian ties? Tell us if you have.
3: Uh, not that we have found yet. but since there are so many Dutch Holocaust survivors in uh, living in Canada or their families are, I think um, it would be very likely that there's ties to Canada. But we haven't found one yet. But
2: there are stories of survivors uh, too. Um, and um, one of the very interesting cases that um, we've done some research into already um, is a photograph of staff working at... Um, what was a psychiatric institution for Jewish patients called the Appleton Sobosh, yeah. um, and there's still an unsolved mystery about one of the people in the photographs. We're uncertain whether um, we found her name or not, and so it would be great if anyone um, listening, yeah, knows anything about this.
1: And that um, is a very particularly interesting story for Canadians because the Canadians liberated Appledore.
2: And yeah, I mean, and it's a terrible story too. Uh, it's a truly terrible story about everyone from there being deported. Um, not many people survived. Um,
1: some of the staff members did. Why do you think it's important to do this at this time? Uh, 80 years after the you know end of the war, almost uh, 75, 80 years. At this moment, I think it's so
2: critical if we think about the way in which the yellow star has been uh, misappropriated uh, in in recent times, uh, supporting uh, right-wing ideology in the um, coronavirus uh, protests, ar- around the restrictions around that, the way in which it's been, yeah, misappropriated, and and the troubling rise of anti-Semitism again a- across Europe and also in North America. I mean, it's it's deeply troubling to see that, and and I think that these stories and and to try to. I don't know. It, it allow people to understand what it meant at the time. That it's not something that that can be repurposed in this way. This symbol. And yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons also to do this project now. I think is critical. Um, you know, the, the case um, that Anna Marie mentioned, where someone recognized themselves. Um, that that's uh, yeah, no longer going to be a possibility, and and now there are many family members who still do know and can recognize some of their relatives in these images, and that too will change with time. So I think we're at a critical moment in this kind of work. And in some ways, it's a pity it didn't happen sooner. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and our project is happening at a similar time as uh, the Names Monument has just um, been established in Amsterdam. Um, finally, it's taken a very long time for that to happen. And so, yeah, it's interesting to think about that relationship as well, because our project focuses on photographs. That monument doesn't include images. It just includes names.
1: Okay. They had the wall of names. And as you said, that was a long time in coming. Uh, So I want to ask how this project maybe fits in with a national discussion about the Dutch role in the deportation of the most Jews, 72%, of all Western European nations.
2: Yeah, I I think we have a lot more work to do in that regard um, because I think we're really at the beginning of, of trying to do this research, opening up, individual stories, but then from there, I think that there is great potential to open more public discussion around these questions, to talk about anti-Semitism in the present in the Netherlands and its relationship to other uh, kinds of racist uh, practices or like so-called traditions in the country, Um, many things that need to be opened up and spoken about more openly Um, So, yeah, relating to the colonial history, relating to the history of the Shoah. Yeah, a lot of things that that uh, certainly need um, not only to be spoken about for the first time, but spoken about over and over again.
1: It's a fascinating project, and I'm sure you'll get some some hits, some bites from from around Canada and others who will be watching and listening to the podcast. Thank you so, so much for being on the CJN Daily. Thank you. Thanks so much. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. If you like the CJN Daily, please help us share these great stories with a bigger audience. Can you tell one friend about the show and get them to give us a try? Meanwhile, today's listener shout out goes to Eric Campbell. He's in Pencourt, Quebec, which is just west of Montreal. And we'll end with this sneak peek from tomorrow's show about how the beloved Canadian children's entertainer Sharon Hampson of Sharon, Lois & Bram is still singing Marink after 40-odd years. But now she's got her daughter and her grandsons performing with her in a new live show. And poo-poo-poo at 79. My mom has still got that spring in her step and tons of energy.
0: Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, like, you know, she's... In the grand scheme of things, I think she's very, like, self-critical of herself. It's everything still sounds stellar, and she's still, you know, really bringing the heat. This episode has been brought to you by Looking Back, Moving Forward, 160 Years of Jewish Life in B.C. Published by the Jewish Museum and Archives of British Columbia for their 50th anniversary, this elegant volume is a -a once-in-a-generation collection of Jewish life and history throughout the province. Order your copy today at jewishmuseum.ca.